0: God, the Father of all men, Ruler of all nations, Master of the universe, Lord of all creation, Can it be that we are the people of the Lord? Can it be that I am a child of my wonderful God? Servant of Creator God, passionate. May my life be holy when I praise. Help me, Lord, respect the role you've given me. May I serve with honor all my days. May I serve with honor in the role you've given me. And may I never go beyond my place. As I serve my Savior and I give you praise. Help me follow the truth and I'll be saved. May my hands be holy when I kneel in prayer. May my life be holy when I praise. Thou may, Lord, respect the role you've given me. May I serve with honor all my days.
1: Why do we gather for church? Now, I believe this message is very, very important for us to listen to today. Because right now you know what it means to be the church what it means to worship together what it means to gather together all of those things have kind of been perhaps challenged a little bit maybe tested a little bit and we need to examine why do we gather for church you know what is the purpose of us gathering what is the point of us gathering so this message um, I just want you to understand that if you're watching this uh, on a just a video and if you're not gathering with us Physically here in the church parking lot as we do our drive-in services. Uh, if you're just watching this video, this isn't targeted at you right here, right now, just not gathering with other Christians at this time, because right now we're living in a little different time period. And yes, it's understandable that some people will be gathered in homes, that some people uh, will, you know, not always be gathering together as a church right now. But I think it's important to remember why are we supposed to gather? in a church building. Because you probably know as well as I do that there are some individuals who, they say that they're Christians, but they don't go to church anywhere, so to speak. You know, They use that term, go to church. Um, They don't integrate themselves with any type of of church group. Well, is that what God expected from us? Is that what God desires from us? We're gonna take a look at some of those things together in in this video and and, uh, in this time together. So for starters, I kind of want us to run through a little bit of, well, what do we do whenever we gather together? And is that really the purpose for why we gather? So let's look at those things. For starters, do we gather together for prayer? Well, you'll notice here the passage that I've got is, is a statement by Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew chapter six, verses five and six, Jesus himself said, and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they will receive the reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Isn't that interesting? So, yes, when we come together, we do pray. We have someone who, you know, leads prayers, who typically stands before the congregation and leads us all. And, and uh, sometimes we might phrase that as they word our prayers um, for us. They, they lead us in that time of prayer, in that moment of prayer. However, what we oftentimes see, in fact, I would even say that perhaps we see this more often, is an individual prayer. Like what Jesus describes here. You know, sometimes we use the term about going into your prayer closet. Uh, that comes from this passage right here that Jesus tells us to pray, you know, as individuals between us and God. So, why do we gather together for church? Is it to pray? Well, no, because we can pray alone. So, why do we gather together? Well, let's look at some other things that we do. Is it for singing? Colossians 3 16 and 17 says, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalm, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Now, without a doubt, whenever we gather together, of course we sing songs, And yes, it sounds a whole lot more beautiful whenever we have the different parts together and we have the the men and the women singing together and that that wonderful sound that uh, all of that makes. And yeah, it can be a pleasant experience. And really, whenever we look at the scriptures, we only have a few verses that even do talk about singing. However, is that really the reason why we gather together? After all, can't you sing in the comfort of your own home? I mean. Don't we all from time to time just sing praises to God and, you know, just ourselves, not even necessarily in our in our family groups. We just sing just ourselves to God. And yeah, we can still sing to God. We can still worship God in that way. So why do we gather for church? Is it to sing? Well, I think there might be parts of this. I mean, each one of these things, of course, there can be parts of it that, yeah, that's that's why we do it. But there's more to it. I don't think this is the main reason. Let's keep looking. What about preaching? Do we gather together for preaching? I mean, let's face it, we oftentimes kind of tend to leave a little bit more time for preaching. uh, And, you know, that's acceptable for all of us. However, when we look at the example from the early church in the book of Acts, and by the way, I would encourage you to look at the example of the early church in the book of Acts in each one of these different categories. But in Acts chapter 17, look at what we have from the example of Paul here. Acts 17, verses 16 and 17. While Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was greatly distressed to see that the city was full of idols. So he reasoned in the synagogue with both Jews and God-fearing Greeks, as well as in the marketplace day by day with those who happened to be there. So what was Paul's example? Now, I I use this, obviously, because there's, there's different categories here. We see that Paul was preaching. He was proclaiming the message in the synagogue, verse 17 says. That's one way that he was doing it. That would be kind of the closest thing that we would have to a church gathering together. But yet, also in verse 17, it says that he also went to the marketplace. So, is preaching the only place acceptable for preaching to take place? Is that in a church building? No. Actually, a lot of the preaching that we see in the book of Acts is preaching outside of the church building, preaching just wherever people are found so that they can hear the message of God. Now, yes. Oftentimes, the way that we kind of uh, typically think about church services, yes, we put a lot of emphasis on preaching. However, I don't believe this is really the main reason that we gather together. It's not really for the preaching, but there's other things that we do. So what else do we do whenever we gather together? Another thing that we do is giving. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 1 and 2, uh, Paul recommends here, he says, Now about the collection for the Lord's people do what I told the Galatian churches to do. On the first day of every week, each each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income, saving it up so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. Now, giving is very interesting because as you keep looking throughout the scriptures of what the church did whenever they gave is, um, yes, they did set it aside. And we see here um, that... Verse two talks about on the first day of every week. So, you know, on a weekly basis, they were setting aside their income. They were giving back to the church. Uh, basically, they were giving, in this case, of those that, uh, that needed it there. And, and that Paul set this up a few different times in his ministries that he set up the ability uh, for us as a church to help those other people who were perhaps less fortunate. Many times it literally was money given to the church to help the church and financial support. Now, some of that, of course, is also to um, to help provide for missionaries to be able to go into other places and for just, you know, generally evangelists such as Paul himself to be able to keep doing his work. Um, A lot of times his income would be at least supplemented um, with what churches gave. So do we gather together for the purpose of giving? Well, we definitely see the example that they did this on the first day of the week. So it would be a little difficult to give without gathering together. However, perhaps you've even been aware of this, uh, there's even ways in different um, programs, computer programs, or apps that people can give to their churches uh, just from, you know, their own phones and stuff like that. In fact, several churches are doing that during this time period. However, whenever we look at why do we gather together, is it so that we can give? No, I don't think that's really it, though, of course, that is part of it but there's more. What else do we do whenever we gather together? Well, another thing that we do is we take of communion. In Acts chapter 20, verses 6 and 7, uh, this is Paul talking about his journeys and those people with him, and he says, but we sailed from Philippi after the festival of unleavened bread, and five days later joined the others in Troas, where we stayed seven days. On the first day of the week, we came together to break bread. Paul spoke to the people, and because he intended to leave the next day, kept on talking until midnight. So here, uh, what what seems to be is this breaking of bread that they took place on in verse 7 here, is they did wait until this certain time in order to, to break bread in this. Uh, and yes, we do have this example about on the first day of the week. And if you look back at history, we see that historically speaking, uh, yes, the early church, they kept meeting on a weekly basis and they took of communion. This is a big deal. In fact, I would uh, just kind of say that this is why we gather on Sundays. I mean, think about that. Because communion is something that we don't do on these other days whenever we gather. But it is something that we should do on Sundays whenever we gather. Um, that's what sets the Sunday, typically Sunday morning, um, worship period apart is that we take communion at that time and that is very important and, and of course part of the reason for that of why we do it on the first day is that's whenever our Lord rose up from the dead I mean what better day of the week could you possibly think of than the day that he rose up from the dead conquering death and providing us a way to do the same then the first day of the week that's why we take of communion on the first day so is this why we gather together is it so that we can take communion together well, I would say this is a big part of it. However, I don't think this is all of it. And also, I guess I will even say some of the things that I've been, been leading us in and, and showing us from the scriptures about might be slightly uh, misleading us because I think our focus doesn't need to be so much on what we do whenever we gather together like this, like the you know what it would look like from the outside. But what actually goes on? What does it look like from the inside? And time and time again, I've been reminding you that we need to look at the example of the early church. And the example from the early church is a very interesting example that we see. From the very beginning, whenever they they started to be baptized in Acts chapter two, we get a description of what that church looked like. It looked like this. Acts chapter two, verses 42 through 47. Notice what they did together and how this would look from the outside. But also we're gonna dive in. We're gonna see what about the inside what does the inside of these services look like? Verses forty two through forty seven. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. By the way, you you probably noticed as I was reading these things to us that many of the things that we do whenever we gather together, that's what they did too. It's the same types of things that they did as they gathered together. Also, we might even see that they did things a little different than how we do it today. Um, You know, some of these things that they did, we don't always exactly do them in the exact same way that they did them, at least. But yet, this does serve as an example, that the early church shows us this is what it means to be a Christian. This is what it looks like to be a Christian. We gather together. And in fact, one thing, by the way, that I'll just kind of point out here, um, it talks about how uh, they were doing this like every single day. In verse 46, it says every day they continue to meet together. Interesting, you know, we typically have a Sunday morning service, a Sunday night service, and then a Wednesday night service. However, the early church, the earliest example is that they met every single day. And they had, you know, some type of, uh, of moment in which they would come together. So yes, what we do, we pray, we sing, we preach, we give and we take of communion together. We take of that Lord's Supper together. And we see this example from the early church. However, is there more to us meeting together? Have you missed out? You know, Those of you who are used to to meeting together with other Christians, have you missed out during this time because you haven't been able to gather with other Christians and see them? Uh, Now, personally, I really like these drive-in services that we've been doing. And I like how there is this this nice there's just something about being able to see one another I think that's important that we kind of um, can see that we are fellow human beings coming together all with this common goal of worshiping God and there's also more to it though it's important for us to have that physical connection but let's see from some other passages in the in the uh, New Testament uh, some things that I think are very important to keep in mind whenever we think about why do we gather together for church well hebrews chapter 10 tells us that we assemble together to encourage one another hebrews chapter 10 verses 22 through 25 listen to what the hebrew writer says let us draw near to god with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from the guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water let us hold unswervingly To the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching see i think this right here is something that we need to understand this is a big reason that we gather together And this is something that we oftentimes don't focus on. You know, we might even go through what we sometimes call those five acts of worship that I kind of walked us through. Those are what we do from the outside. But what about from the inside? What about just the fact of actually gathering together? What does that do for us? Well, Hebrews 10, 25, it tells us that we do need to be meeting together. We need to, that needs to be our habit is meeting together. But why? You know that he doesn't actually say here oh well we need to gather together to pray or to sing or to preach or to give or to take of communion he doesn't list any of those things what he list was to encourage one another now i do want to go ahead and state this though too we can encourage one another by doing all these things in fact part of our singing is specifically to encourage one another Part of our preaching is to encourage one another and to build one another up, sometimes rebuking them, but you know, all of this has to do with encouragement in different ways. So, so much of what we do together as we worship God, yeah, it centers around encouraging one another. But let's not leave this out, because if we aren't careful, what we might focus so much on is just kind of the outward thing, how it looks, what we're just supposed to do whenever we come together. But we might forget that It's supposed to be an encouraging thing. We're supposed to encourage one another. And he even states here, all the more as you see the day approaching. That's the day of judgment. We know it's coming. We know that our Lord will return and we know uh, time and just life as we know it is gonna be forever changed. Right now is the time to prepare for that time. Right now is the time that we need to encourage one another, to build one another up. Because every single day we get closer to that day. We've got to encourage one another. So why do we gather together? We gather together to encourage one another through a host of many different ways in which we can do that. But that's one of the big things that we do. And I also wanna share with you one final passage uh, from, from actually the words of Jesus here. Whenever Jesus was asked about the greatest commandment, this is what he said in Matthew 22, verses 36 through 40. Someone asked him, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, "Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it: Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments." So when Jesus was asked, "What's the greatest commandment? What is the most important thing that we can do?" You know, he actually didn't say to to attend church services all the time. You know, he did, he didn't really say all of that. What he did say is Love God with your whole being, with all of everything that you've got. That's what he says in verse 37. But then also in verse 39, he says that there's a second one that's closely connected to that. Whenever he's asked about what's the greatest one, he says, there's two. You can't really separate them. The second one is to love your neighbor as yourself. I believe that sometimes when we gather together or when we talk about the reasons for Coming together as a church or having church, as we might call it like that, even though we ourselves are the church. I hope that you you recognize that, and that's another lesson for another day. But as we come together as the church, yes, we focus on God, but we have to realize the second commandment is just like it: that we need to love our neighbor as ourselves. So as we gather together, we need to be focused on God, but we need to be focused on one another as well, encouraging one another building one another up now right now we might need to find different ways of being able to do that perhaps right now we might be calling each other up on the phone or just you know kind of connecting with with one another in different ways that we can at this time but let's not leave this behind we've got to love God with every everything that we've got and we've got to love our neighbor as ourselves. this is what it means to be the church this is what the church would look like. Both of these things are very needed and we've got to have them in our church services. Church must include people. We must include people. Let's do that together.